Open your Bibles, if you would, to Galatians chapter 1. Galatians chapter 1. I'm going to be looking at verse... We're going to be looking at verse... Uh, verses 15 again and 16. And then I think next week we'll spend a little bit more time on verse 16 again too. Uh, touching on Paul's call to preach. This has been a wonderful study. I'll tell you, I've, I've profited very much from all the little epistles that we're doing. I'm actually trying to preach through the New Testament, um, all the New Testament books. So that's why you see us going to Galatians and, and 1 Peter, 2 Peter, John. And eventually I'm going to tackle one of the Gospels. That's going to be, going to be uh, we probably won't go verse by verse when we do the Gospels. We'll probably do sections that way. Um, I, I do really enjoy the verse-by-verse verse studies that we're doing right now, and like this with Galatians, because we can really unpack what's in the verse, so it's a real blessing. So pray for me as we, uh, we continue our study through Galatians. And actually, we'll be having a Wednesday night study, too, in April again, starting that up again. So please pray for me for guidance for a book. I have three or four books in mind that I want to preach. But um, I just pray the Lord will give me a little more guidance to which one he will direct me to. So, Okay, Galatians chapter 1. Again, we'll continue this study. The name of the message is Christ Revealed. Open your Bibles to Galatians chapter 1. We'll read verses 11 to 17. But I certify you, brethren, that the gospel which was preached of me is not after man. For I neither received it of man, neither was I taught it, but by the revelation of Jesus Christ. For, if you have, for you have heard of my conversations in times past in the Jews' religion, how that beyond measure I persecuted the church of God and wasted it, and profited in the Jews' religion above many mine equals in mine own nation, being more exceedingly zealous of the traditions of my fathers. But when it pleased God, oh, look at that, but when it pleased God who separated me from my mother's womb and called me by his grace to reveal his son in me that I might preach him among the heathen, immediately I conferred not with flesh and blood. Neither when I up to Jerusalem to them which were apostles before me, but I went into Arabia and returned again, again unto Damascus. So the verse that we're going to be looking at, verses 15 and 16 today, but when it pleased God who separated me from my mother's womb and called me by his grace. Oh, God calls us by grace, doesn't he? It's the mercy of God. He, he doesn't leave us where we were. He doesn't leave us dead in trespasses and sins. He calls us by his grace. Calls us out of that deadness spiritually that we were in. We couldn't even help ourselves. And he calls us out of that. And all of God's children, all of his enlightened children, have been born again by the Holy Spirit of God. Scripture declares you must be born again. Christ Jesus, our King, the Master even said that. There's a lot of people who think because they go to a church or because they belong to a church that they're, they're going to heaven. But that's not so, we know. Because the Scripture declares you must be born again. And that's a work of God, isn't it? That's a work of God. We, we become new creatures in Christ, don't we? He who was dead or she who was dead spiritually, now we become alive. Now we're alive in Christ. My, oh my. And there's no exception to this. You must be born again. You must be. 
That's what the Lord said, right? That's his own words. That's the master's words. It's not, it's not the preacher saying that. We're just repeating what the Lord said. And if the master said it, there should be even more emphasis upon it, right? So no one will see God unless you're born again. And what that does is it gives all glory to God, doesn't it? Gives him all the glory and honor and praise in the fact that our salvation is of the Lord. It's not of our doing, not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he has saved us. He saved us according to his mercy. And we know from our studies before that the mercy of God, you can't plumb the depths of it, can you? And so every believer can say, God's mercy is amazing because he saved me. Or every, every believer can say that. We've experienced the mercy of God, haven't we? And, and we might have been steeped in false religious beliefs at one time. We might have never darkened the church of God. But that doesn't change the fact for God's people that you must be born again. Christ must be revealed to you. Brother Tom, we've talked about that many times. If Christ is not revealed to you, you'll never know him. You won't know him at all. I didn't know Christ before he revealed himself to me. I had no clue who he was. I had, I had a God of my imagination, you see. I had cooked up in my mind who I thought God was, but you know what? It wasn't the God of the Bible. It wasn't the God of the Bible. See, the God that I had cooked up in my mind would put you in the scale. Put you in the scale and you're good. You're good without way you're bad, right? This is the God of my imagination. You're good without way you're bad. And, and I thought, well, sure, I, I haven't killed no one. and I haven't done this and that. Oh, sure, I'm, I'm going to be. But you know what I found out? I was weighed and found wanting. I was weighed and found wanting, beloved. I was dead in my sins and I couldn't even pay for one. But praise be to God, the Lord saved me by his grace and his mercy. And it's so for you, isn't it, if you're born again? It's so for you. We were weighed and found wanting. My, oh my. And all of us in our unregenerate state were spiritually dead. We were dead in trespasses and sins. See, this is the testimony of Paul, too. We've seen that in verses Verses 13 and 14, he's bringing forth that he was dead in religion, spiritually, spiritually dead. And he's using his testimony to glorify God. He's saying, this is what I was. And notice he's not hiding his sin. He says, I was a waster of the church. I was a destroyer of the church. He's not, now he's not glorying in the sin, though, because we never want to do that. Right? Never. But look at what the Lord brought us through. So that's what, that's what the scripture means when we witness. We say, look what the Lord's done. For me. Look at the great things God's done for me. Saved my soul. He saved my soul. And it's all him. It's all by his grace. It's all by his mercy. See, this is a, this is a testimony of every believer, isn't it? And in our natural state, we didn't want nothing to do with God. We just go along in life thinking we're doing fine. Thinking my good will that way, my bad. Oh my. And the things of God were foolishness to us. Foolishness to us. But now they're precious. Now they're incredible. 
God's people, people we didn't want to be around. We're like, oh, I don't want to be around them. Now we can't wait to come to church and be with the Lord's people. Brother Charlie, you testified of that this morning. We just want to be here. We just want to be with the Lord's people. We just want to rejoice in the wonder of salvation that we have in Christ. My, who made us to differ? Who made that change? We didn't, did we? No, God made us alive in Christ. You must be born again. We're born again of the Holy Spirit of God. My. And we see in verses 13 and 14 when it says, for you heard of my conversations. Remember, that's manner of life in the Greek. So his manner of life was to go and destroy the church, to waste the church. That was on his mind. Well, God sure changed things, didn't he? He arrested him on that road to Damascus, didn't he? He stopped him right in his tracks, didn't he? Did he do the same for us? Yep. Not, not like he did with Paul, but he sure, he sure intervened in our life, didn't he? And let me tell you, if God doesn't intervene in your life, you will never know him. Now, he intervened, didn't he? He revealed himself to us. And now we're the most thankful and blessed people in this world, aren't we? Oh, my. It's absolutely wonderful. And now, what's happened now? Now we've been shut up to God's mercy, haven't we? Uh, Charlie and I were talking, and we were mentioning about your son, talking about preaching, and how grace preaches. We just preach what the Bible says, and that's what we do. We just preach what the Word says. And I told Charlie something the old preacher told me when, when I first heard the gospel, and, and I was in amongst grace believers for the first time. He said, Wayne was Brother Gene Harmon at West. He said, Wayne, once you've heard grace preaching, it ruins you for everything else. You'll never be the same. And I'm like, I've never been the same. <laughs> all I want to hear is, tell me about my Savior. That's all I want to hear. Tell me about what he done, because I can't do nothing to save myself. Tell me about him. Oh, my. It's wonderful, isn't it? It's absolutely wonderful. And our Lord Jesus, in the person of the Holy Spirit, he's quickened us, hasn't he? We're born again. We're made alive in Christ now. And now we love the gospel. Now we love the Savior whose precious, precious blood was shed for us. Each one of us can say, Lord Jesus, you shed your blood for me to, to, to cleanse me from my sins. And I was listening to a Spurgeon sermon this week. And he, you know, do you know how we overcome sin in our lives? By the blood of the Lamb. By the blood of the Lamb. My. You just plead that blood, beloved. If, if you're going through something, just say, oh, Lord, please, please, just plead that blood. There's power in the blood. There's power in the blood of Christ. It's wonderful. It cleanses us from all our sins, beloved, all of them. And the scripture says they overcome him, being Satan, by the power of the blood and the word of their testimony. Look what Christ has done for me. And just remember that when we're struggling with stuff, just remember, Lord, you shed your blood for me. You, sh you gave your life for me. Oh, my. In our new creation, what, what does the new creation within us, Christ in us, right, the hope of glory, what, what does that cause us to do? It causes us to love God, doesn't it? It causes us to love his Messiah, which is, who is the Lord Jesus Christ. Now we're in love with Christ. We didn't want nothing to do with him before. We were in our minds, enemies with him in our minds. But now, oh, I ask you, is he precious to you? 
Is he precious? Is he more precious than anything in this world? Is he like the pearl of great price where, you, where the diver went down and found this gigantic pearl that they've never seen before? Is he like that for us? Right? I was talking to Billy t- this week and Brother Billy up north and I said, you know, when I was in religion, I never heard about the righteousness of Christ. Never heard about it. And he goes, isn't that incredible, Brother Wayne? He says, because the righteousness of Christ is so important. And he goes, uh, I said, well, yeah, I was trying to establish my own righteousness, and I didn't even know it. Said, but, and he goes, isn't it peaceful when you find out that all we've got to do is rest in Christ in his perfect, finished work? Oh, my, it's wonderful, isn't it? It's wonderful. And we struggle with sin all the time, don't we? But what do we? We overcome by the blood of the Lamb, don't we? We just look to Christ. You did this for me, Lord. Oh, my. That's why we... That's why we willingly serve him, isn't it? You know, it's, we're, like, we're like the servant that got their ear bored, aren't we? Now, he wanted to be with the master for the rest of his life. We're like, bore my ear, Lord. <laughs> we weren't like that before. We were like a wild boar before that, weren't we? Oh, my, we didn't want to be, didn't, we were so caught up in our own thing, but now... Lord, my ear, Lord, please, by thy grace and thy mercy. And it's him that's made us willing to do that, too. It's nothing in us. It's all by his mercy and his grace. And think of this. The scriptures declare that, that God saved us. It's, it's, it, it, God saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, so nothing we can do in our minds, Nothing we can do physically, but according to his own purpose. If you're saved, God saved you on purpose. Isn't that wonderful? It's on purpose, according to his will. And it says, according to his own purpose and grace, which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began. That's mercy, isn't it? That's grace. Before there was ever a world. You know, I know that truth in my heart, but it still makes my mind go, (laughs) it still does to this day. I love it. It's just like, oh my gosh, Lord, this is incredible. It's incredible. And then scripture says, but is now manifest, being Christ, he was manifest by the appearing of our Savior, Jesus Christ, who hath abolished death. See, death has no more sting on us. No more sting. And hath brought life and immortality delight through the gospel. So here's Paul. He's, he's, he's going out. He's wasting the church, right? Believers of Christ. And then, then we, see, we see here in uh, verse 16. To reveal the son of me that I might what? Preach him. Now he's preaching the gospel. <laughs> Paul didn't do anything right. He's on the road to Damascus. I'm going to get them. And then he's. That is in you with meekness and fear. We have a hope now. I was thinking about that this week. You know, even this morning I woke up and I thought, boy, what a hope we have. And there's so many people in this world who have no hope. They have no hope. But what a hope we have. It's the Lord Jesus Christ. God's our hope. Think of this. He's our hope. He's our salvation. He's our redeemer. He's our king. He's our preserver. 
It covers everything, doesn't it? Paul summed it up by saying, he's my all in all. I like that. That's, that's, a, sum, that's a summation of, of all truth. Isn't it? He's my all in all. He's everything. He's my beloved. Think of how much we husbands love our wives and, and you ladies love your husbands. Think of that. But he's our beloved. He's our beloved. He's our king. And we have one who we, who, whom my soul loves who is greater, has greater love for us than anyone could ever have upon this earth, even our spouses. Think of that. He loves us with an everlasting love. And he said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. Now, we leave each other in death, don't we? But he never leaves us in life or in death. Isn't that amazing? He's ever with us. Oh, how that comforts my heart. How that comforts my heart. Brother Bruce Crabtree, um, Sister Joe went home to be with the Lord. And he is writing people and writing stuff. And I saw some. He's just resting on the sovereignty of God. Saying, well, Lord, you're in control. I'm going to trust you. I'm gonna, so pray for him. He's, he's, it's, it's hard. It's hard. But who's our only hope? Who's our only hope? Christ, right? We don't, have, we don't hope in ourselves. We may have used to, but we don't anymore. We, we, can't, we, we, can, we can't really hope in anyone else because we all let each other down, don't we? Right? I'll say to my wife, I hope I can get this done, or I'll do that for you this week, and I don't, don't get to it. We let each other down, though. But Christ will never let us down. What a hope. Just cling hold of that, beloved. What a hope that we have. And the hope is within us, isn't it? Christ in us, the hope of glory. It says, it says again, to give an answer, be ready to always give an answer to every man to ask you the, a reason of the hope that is in you. Oh, my. With meekness and fear. So a testimony a true testimony for God, for God's glory, will boldly declare the unconditional electing grace of God, right? We'll say, he chose me. He chose me before the foundation of the world. I had nothing to do with it. It's all his mercy. And, and all we're doing is quoting the truth of Scripture, right? Some folks might not like that, but who are they ultimately disagreeing with? Not us. I had a fellow, we were talking about election, and, and I just flat out told him, he said, well, I, I, don't, I can't believe that. I said, well, you don't believe the Bible. Then. I, I'm just repeating what the Word said. And he's, he's, a, he's a biblicist. He, he looks at himself as a staunch you know, defender of the Scriptures. And he's like, well, that's... I said, really? I said, listen. And I read the passage that I was reading to him, Ephesians chapter 1. And I said, that's what the Word of God says. This is not my opinion. You know, and, and when I'm preaching, like Charlie's son said, I'm not going to give my opinion. I'm going, to, I'm going to preach what the Word says. Too many people give their opinion on things, isn't it? But my opinion doesn't matter. It's what the Word of God says. That's what matters. With the Word of God. And so our, our testimony as believers will agree with the Word of God. Right? We'll agree with the truths of Scripture. 
And it brings all glory to our great God, doesn't it? It gives him all the glory. And any testimony that is tainted by anything that man does is a lie. I don't care how sincere the person is. It's, 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 it's a lie. I will never give anyone a, a false refuge. If anyone's trusting anything that they do for their salvation, it's a lie. Because salvation's of the Lord. It's all his doing. It's all his doing. Right? We're born again by the Holy Spirit of God. Did we have anything to do with that birth? We didn't have anything to do with our first birth, did we? Why do people think they have something to do with their second birth? We don't have nothing to do with it, right? We're born again by the Holy Spirit of God. Christ died for us 2,000 years ago. Did we have anything to do with that? Nope. The scripture says he obtained eternal salvation for us 2,000 years ago. Well, I wasn't even around. <laughs> but the scripture declares it, and I believe it. Right? By God-given faith, we believe what the scripture says, don't we? People say, how can you believe that? Because God gave me faith to believe it. And I believe, I'll tell you what, I'll hold it. That's precious to me. When he says, I'll never leave you nor forsake you, I'll hold on to that promise. Hold on to them promises, beloved. Do you see them promises? Hold on to them promises. Grasp them to your heart. I, you heard me say, Spurgeon said, preach or pray them back to God. Lord, you said you'd never leave me. You said you'd never forsake me. And I believe it. I believe it, Lord. I'm going to rest in you. I'm going to trust in you. Even though I can see clouds and storms all around me, I'm going to just trust in you. Just going to trust in you. You'd be with me ever, ever to the end, either to the end of my life or the end of the age, right? Whatever one comes first. Oh, my. And last week we looked at uh, verse 15 of Galatians chapter 1. Paul continues to tell of his personal testimony. Again, he was zealous. He was a religious Pharisee. He was persecuting the church. He was wasting the church. And, and he identified the Jews' religion as a false religion by clearly distinguishing it with those who are followers of the Lord Jesus Christ. And Paul stated again that he persecuted the church. Let's read verses 15 and 16 again. It says, But when it pleased God, who separated me from my mother's womb and called me by his grace to reveal his son in me, that I might preach him among the heathen. Immediately I conferred not with flesh and blood. Now the first thing we notice here with Paul's testimony is this. Immediately after he confessed his sinful lost condition, which he did in, in verses 13 and um, 14, what's he, notice how quick he is to give God the glory for his conversion for being born again, for his salvation. He quickly transitions from that because he doesn't want to spend a lot of time on that because we don't, we don't brag about our former lifestyle. We're not proud of it at all, are we? But God uses it, doesn't he? But notice how quickly he transitions from that and gives all the glory to God. He says, but when it pleased God, when it was God's timing, the exact time when God had ordained that, that I'd be saved, who separated me from my mother's womb. He's called, called an eternity in Christ, right? That's what that's speaking of. And I love this. Why did God separate him? Why did God call him? Well, because he had chosen him in Christ, right? To reveal his son in me. There was a time in every one of our lives when God revealed his son to us. 
And we've never been the same since. We've never been the same since, have we? Now, he took that rebel and turned him into one who glorifies God. Isn't, that's the grace of God. That's a, that's a miracle of the grace of God. It's absolutely wonderful. When it pleased God, look at this. When it pleased God, who separated me from my mother's womb, has reference to, to when God chose Paul in Christ in eternity. Think of this. Think of this. Let's just bring it right down here. Think of this. Our parents were ordained by God according to his eternal purpose to be our parents. And the moment we were conceived, the moment we were conceived in our mother's womb was all ordained by God according to his will and purpose. See, the baby in the womb is alive. It's alive, isn't it? It's alive. And think of this. The exact moment that we were born, the exact second that we were born, exact second, was all ordained by God. All ordained by him. The exact second we breathed our first breath was all ordained by God. Even the the location that we were born in, the hospital, was all ordained by God. Any relocation during our lives was all ordained by God. All of it. The place where we were living when our Lord Jesus Christ brought us under the sound of the gospel was all ordained by God. The moment we were born again by the Holy Spirit of God, granted faith to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, was all ordained by God. All planned and purposed by God. And what did he deliver us from? He delivered us from our sin, didn't he? He delivered us from Satan. And he delivered us from ourselves. Oh my. And that was all ordained by God. All planned and purposed to the exact moment. Isn't that incredible? That's how... Involved in our lives, our great God is. Nothing escapes his eye, does it? Absolutely nothing escapes the eye of God. And if God calls us by his grace, it's all according to his purpose. He ordained it. And what what God ordains is going to come to pass. We're going to see this morning in the message that God promises the Messiah come and he comes. And so just in that fact that the Messiah has come, we can trust he's coming again, right? Because he said, I'm coming again. So we can lay a hold of that fact. We can lay a hold of that promise. And if God has called us by his grace, it's because Christ appeared in this life as a man. It's because if God calls us by his grace, it's because Christ died for us 2,000 years ago. Right? And that he established a perfect righteousness for us. 
that we could stand in front of God clothed in the perfect spotless robe of righteousness of Christ and be forever in the presence of God all because of what he's done. And think of this. That's all according to the purpose and plan of God. And if we have eternal life in Christ Jesus, it's because he died for us. It's, it's because he died for us. Because he rose again. Because he rose again. And Paul's, Paul's testimony harmonized with the gospel truths. He said, I'm only a sinner saved by grace. That's all I am. Now let's look at verse 16 quick here. I don't think we would. If somebody was despising my family and and saying this and that about my family things, I always say, you can say anything you want about me. But don't say anything about my wife and my kids. Don't, Don't go there. That's when, that's when it, 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 especially our Lord. But that, isn't that true for every man in here? Yeah. You know, say what you want about me, it just roll off. You know what Spurgeon said? You know what Spurgeon said in the message, that message I was listening to? This, this, this. He said, people who come against gospel churches or, or gospel preachers, this was strong language, what he said, I thought. But he said, uh, he said, let them bark. It's in, it's in the dog's nature to bark. Just let them bark. Let them say whatever they want to say. They're just, they're just acting according to their nature. Isn't that wild? My, oh my. So for... For me as a gospel preacher, I just go on preaching the gospel, right? And you all come here, we, we rejoice together, we, we enjoy the gospel, we enjoy each other's company, fellowship. And this fellowship here, it'll be even sweeter when we get home. It'll be so sweet, beloved. We'll be rejoicing with the saints in glory, it'll be absolutely wonderful. My, oh my. But notice here too, Paul does not merely say that, that he, he revealed... He's merely revealed to me, but he said to reveal his son in me. That's Christ in us, the hope of glory, beloved. We're we're new creatures now. We're not the same as we used to be. Many hear of Christ. Many hear of Christ. And and they, they, they have an outward revelation of him. But Paul said, every child of God is born again, Christ in us, to reveal his son in us. That's the difference. Many people say, oh, I love Jesus, I love, I love all that, but they're not born again. They're trusting in something they did for their salvation. That's why we say, cast that aside. Cast that aside. There's no hope in anything we do. And Job marked, the, Job marked the vast difference in his own experience when he said, I have heard of thee by the hearing of, my, of the ear, and thousands of people hear about him, don't they? They hear about him, and then they don't go any further. But Job says, but now, saith Job, now my eyes see you. 
Isn't that true with us, beloved? We heard of him before. We heard of him. But when we were born again, now I see him by God's grace and mercy. Praise God, now I see him. Now I see my bleeding Savior dying for me, cleansing me from all my sins, blotting out the handwriting of ordinance that was against me, nailing it to his cross. And what do we say? Hallelujah. What a Savior. What a Savior is Jesus Christ, our Lord. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your mercy. Thank you.